Here we go, everybody. Strap in, sit out, and do the seat back tray thing. Anyways. Ah! Anytime you scream on a plane, people just look at you so weird. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line <laughs> from CinemaBlend.com. His name is Mike Reyes. And once again, uh, Mike Reyes is driving at the moment. Where are we driving? No big deal over here. Just driving over the bridge into Pennsylvania to go see a movie. A movie. Uh, which we will probably be talking about. Going to see a movie, which we'll be talking about on the show through the, through the power of time travel on another day, Brian. <laughs> Brian. Yes, there. there's going to be a little bit of time travel this week as uh, we are recording the first part of this on Wednesday. Or wait, what day is it? It's Wednesday, right? Oh, it is a Wednesday. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Dude, uh, we talked about this earlier today. My days and my thinking are all kinds of messed up because of uh, the scheduling uh, the la- this last week or so. But anyways, Mike Reyes. Oh, dude, uh, last week I had the same problem. I know, right? Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. We're going to jump right in this week with kind of the news and some of the other stuff. Uh, one of the big stories that came out here in the last couple days involves AMC, and the the short of this is AMC is probably going to be changing the price of their tickets where better seats in the theater are going to cost more or be differently priced than the other tickets, right? Right. So basically what the plan is that has been revealed through, uh, I'm not sure if it was through a press release or just, we, uh, the major trades picked up and then everyone else caught wind. So what's happening is, I think the program's called the Sightline Program. What AMC is looking to do, they're going to be testing it out in a couple markets, uh, like select theater markets, rather soon. And then they're planning to have this rolled out by the end of the year with throughout nationwide. So what the big thing is, there's going to be three different types of seating. You're going to have your sort of discounted, I think it's called value sight line. I could be wrong, but I think it's called value sight line. That's basically the front row of the theater. Okay. That's, that's going to be slightly discounted. You're going to have the middle row of the theater, which is going to be preferred sight line. That's going to be priced extra or going to be like the highest price in the bracket and then the final bracket is just going to be your standard garden variety seats that are anywhere else in the auditorium those are just going to be normal price uh the one stipulation is if you're an amc premier stubs member the uh basically 25 dollars a month three movies a week program you don't have to worry about these fees <sighs> i get it okay let, i'm gonna come at it from a couple points of view here okay i get it i'm not crazy about this I don't care what what theater chain it is. I'm just going to say that out there. Like, I this is yeah, 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 yeah. No, issue. I get it. I get it. We're not, uh, and we're not doing this to bash to bash AMC or whatever. This is simply opinion based. Yeah, exactly. And my opinion is this program stinks. <laughs> this is the, I have seen other people making the the case where it's like, look, you you pay different for seats at a sporting event or or a a, a play. Why wouldn't you do it at a movie theater? And people have made the counter argument that I agree with that it's not like you're seeing different vantage points of a live performance. Yeah. You're seeing a movie at a movie theater. Prices are already pretty high no matter where you go or what market you're in. And people are already, you know, that, that's the thing that's not bringing people to the movies as much is the fact that it's more expensive. People have gotten more used to streaming things at home. It's not, oh, I, I clearly don't have access to the best seat. It's, it's not that. And I don't think this is a good idea. 
I'm very curious to see how it plays out and how it does fool around with, with ticketing and, and metrics as to people going to the movies now versus pre-pandemic. But also it's, it's kind of revisiting the, the argument where people are, were saying they were going to change ticket prices depending on movie. Like there was something where, and this is something else that major theater chains were doing recently because 80 for Brady was actually slightly discounted on top of having that throwback ticket night that they did for the, the early screenings. Yeah. Like, apparently there were some theaters that had discounted tickets for 80 for Brady on its opening weekend, which, you know, kind of tries to inflate the grosses, I guess. I just, I see this move, and I, listen, I, I'm not into the sales side of this or the business side of it, but from a, a customer point of view, all this looks like is you're trying to get more money out of me. Where, like you said, it's already expensive to go to a movie between just paying for the show let alone getting a popcorn getting a soda and then on top of that you've got you're not doing as much with the concession stuff so i've got to do probably about half the work of and it's not much but i still it's it's legitimately half the work of getting my own soda you know buttering my popcorn doing all that and i just it's like really this this is the where we're going. Yeah, I, I don't get how this screams added value. And yeah, I, I don't remember what the statement itself said, but this is not. This isn't an incentive. I don't know how. I I really want to know how this became an option. To think that people would want to pay more to get that center row when it's already hard enough to get as it is. I, it just it feels more yeah. like you're trying to get more money out of me. Than trying to swing, you're you're spinning the the whole thing of oh well these seats uh, these are better seats no they're not it's a movie theater it's a movie theater um they are better seats because the center of the auditorium is where you get the best sound but also if I'm going to see a 3D movie I'm going to try and get as center as possible yeah because that's how uh, until they use the upgraded screens that have existed for years but somehow haven't been widely implemented. That's the best seat in the house for 3D. You know, That's the best place to go. You know, That's where I'm always going to go. You know what would have made this whole thing sound better? If they would have said, what? hey, we get that the front three rows of the movie theater aren't great. We're going to make those cheaper. If you I honestly came, think they should just be removed. If they, well, but think about it. If AMC would have just came out and said that, like just dropped that line, like, hey, we get it. They're not great seats, so we're going to make those ones a little bit cheaper just to try and help you out. Yeah, that goes for any theater. If any theater chain were to announce this and make that distinction, that would be the one that makes a difference. But personally, I I think those first couple rows should be taken out to begin with because they're not comfortable no matter who you are. Yeah. It's not conducive to the movie experience. You want to start adding value, start improving the experience. Make sure that the projection works. I can't tell you how many 3D screenings I've gone to where the projection doesn't work. And I have to walk out in the beginning of Spider-Man No Way Home because everything's blurry with my glasses on. And I have to make sure that you're showing this right. Start making sure the seats work, that the seats are patched up. People want to go to... And, and, and stop with the Home Depot-signed theaters. The old movie theaters that have really cool carpeting and, like, beautiful steaming that's, like, a little weird but fun. Yeah. Like that, you want to... You want to improve the movie theater experience, make the movie theater a place to go to, not just a standard, not just a box that you watch movies in. That, and that's all it is right now. It's just a place for me to take my kid, waste $100 because uh, we want to get snacks. 
for a kids movie that I really don't want to see. And I don't even get hot popcorn. You want to make you want to make me I will pay. We have talked about this. I will pay for hot popcorn. I almost think like that that's a nice bonus episode right there. One of the infamous <laughs> bonus episodes we never record. I would love to just do a whole thing where it's like, "Okay, what are the things you think theaters need to do?" Take the moving chairs out. Oh, what, like the 4DX? Between that and some of the other stuff, it's like, I don't need a tube up my ass to help me enjoy the time at the cinema. Just give me a, a comfortable seat, a hot bucket of popcorn, and good sound. I'm not asking for much when I come here. Well, I'm sorry that you don't like fun. And I, for one, would keep the 4DX because that's something that differentiates. That's a, that's a new experience. I haven't done it myself. But stuff like 40X and IMAX and even ScreenX, where it's like they have those two other screens on the side that expand the screen. Like, I like seeing stuff like that when it's used right. I okay, I, and let me preface this by saying, like the 4DX or the moving chairs or whatever it's called. When I tried it, this was a while ago, and it was bad. Like, just all of a sudden, you're enjoying the movie, and then this thing just dips you forward and then yanks you back. You're like, what the was that? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Top Gun Maverick with that. Oh, God. Maybe it's gotten better since I've tried it, but, man, I don't ever need to do that again. I just, again, I just want a simple movie theater with good hot butter popcorn, good sound, yeah, 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 yeah. good screen. That's all I need. I just want to see the movie. I don't need all this other stuff. So, anyways, I we'll see how this happens. I mean, this is probably what everybody's going to do. Actually, you know what? If this fails miserably where people are really pissed off about it. Do you think other uh, 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 theater companies would be like, eh, you know what, maybe we'll push this off for a little bit? Or is it just going to be the way business is done? I think if it fails, if there's enough of a backlash, I don't think it's going to move forward with other companies because you saw what happened with Netflix and the password <laughs> sharing thing. They walked that back so hard because they saw how much of a response there was. And there's already a bit of a response coming from this, this proposed plan. I think if people reject it enough, it won't rear its head. But the thing is, you theaters have already been trying to do things to get people back with ticket prices to begin with. Yeah, You've got Tuesday night $5 screens. You had that really successful National Theater Day last September where everybody was like selling out screens. Uh, they were like $3 tickets. Everyone was selling out shillings of Top Gun Maverick. There were other movies people went to that they wouldn't have even imagined. If there's anything that's speaking to the people, it's lower ticket prices. That's what's got to be focused on. Yeah. Not higher ticket prices, lower ticket prices for anyone. All right. So Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com uh, on the road right now as we talk about AMC and uh, the movie pricing stuff. Real quick, the Netflix thing. Uh, was there an update to that? Because uh, the last time I checked, they were trying to crack down on the uh, password sharing. Well, from my understanding, they've removed the language that was released, and for now they're walking it back saying, oh, we weren't implementing it. We were just talking about it. Meanwhile, I've heard reports that people have talked to customer service about this, where the whole stipulation was going to be, if your device doesn't log into the home network of the person holding the account every 30 days, it logs you out. And then you can either get your own account or pay $2 more to let other people use your Netflix account. Which, by the way, this is the streaming service that has probably raised its prices most frequently in the, on the market. 
and also charges you extra for things like 4K picture and how many screens do you want to use your account on? Yeah. And now now they want to crack down on, on password sharing, which isn't really... I really don't know how much more money you would get if you use that crackdown because how many of these accounts are going to say, oh, yes, I need that Netflix tap. Maybe they'll just go to the account holder's house or maybe they'll just come over and log on temporarily or maybe they'll just watch Pluto TV instead. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com yeah. on the line with me right now. We're kind of all over the place today because uh, Mike is on the road. He's heading to see a movie. We'll have some time travel in here and we'll get you uh, movie reviews here in a little bit. A couple other quick hits. Uh, just kind of interesting news and it's not really movie related. It's more show that should be a movie. The Last of Us. The next episode, uh, they're actually not going to be doing it on Super Bowl, or they're going to release it early. It'll still be out during the Super Bowl, but uh, releasing it this Friday as opposed to making everybody wait till Sunday when they have to compete with the Super Bowl. I don't mind this. I think this is okay. Uh, I'm more than okay with that. I'm glad because the whole thing was a couple weeks ago, I noticed that Oscar night falls on the same night as season finale night as Last of Us. And yep. as an entertainment journalist, I don't want to have to make that choice because <laughs> on one hand, I'm going to watch the Oscars because it's obviously something we're going to report on. Yeah. But if I had my choice, I'd be watching The Last of Us. And I hope they're doing the same thing because it feels smart that these big Sunday event shows, when they overlap with something like this. Now, keep in mind, this is being released early to people that have HBO Max streaming subscription. So basically, if you have HBO Max or you have HBO Max on any other platform, you are able to, and I think even if you have on-demand, I think you might be able to get it on-demand, too, through HBO. Okay. You get to watch episode five of The Last of Us early as of Friday night at 9 p.m. Because Sunday night is obviously Super Bowl, big game. A lot of people are yep. going to be tuning into that. And oh. this, is, uh, this is a great solution for a problem that I thought I was going to have. I just hope they do it for the Oscars, too. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me real quick. Uh, uh, staying with the Super Bowl for a second, we'll probably get some movie trailers in that. What do you think we're getting? I know for a fact that one of the trailers we are getting is uh, Amazon has a new movie coming out called Air, which okay. is all about the the, form- the introduction of the Air Jordan sneaker. Oh, uh, okay. In fact, it will probably be online before because a lot you know with a lot of these Super Bowl ads they drop yeah. early. It'll probably be online before we see it on the big game. And it's uh, Ben Affleck directing, and it's him directing Matt Damon for the first time. They're also starring in it together. And Violet Davis plays Michael Jordan's mother. There you go. But other uh, than that, I've heard. I've heard rumors that we might get some Disney trailers. Uh, it looks like Scream Six. Further, oh yeah, Scream Six is. If I'm not mistaken, that released. They released that trailer. Uh, yeah, the, the, the thing that's really interesting, and we had someone that wrote about this on the site. Big game spots are uh, very rarely saved for the big game anymore. Yeah, I remember. Like very easily walk out of these. I remember some of the ones like about ten years ago or something. You see some of these come out like. Uh, the the one I for some reason remember is the Transformers ones a couple times, thinking oh that's cool or uh, didn't we get a Civil War one or uh, Iron Man three one of the two during the Super Bowl one year we might have because that feels like it was back when yeah. you a- they actually did Super Bowl trailers yeah so anyways that's coming up this Sunday um, hopefully we get something good I I mean I could see Transformers the uh, whatever the new one is called. Uh, uh, Rise of the Beast. 
Yep. Uh, there's Fast X. Um, maybe that will probably that will probably be at the big game. It will probably premiere beforehand. Guardians two, maybe. Guardians is one that one of the Disney ones that people uh, speculated was going to be in there. Okay. Because obviously next week is going to be Ant Man. Yeah. So they'll probably premiere some of. The, they were going to probably premiere some of those on the internet anyway. You throw it on the big game, then you just put it online, and everybody waits to go see it uh, next week. I'm just kind of bumping around on some of these different sites. Somebody said uh, uh, Flash. Possibly. Uh, I wonder how early they're going to want to promote that one. Because that, might, I'm trying to think of a Warner Brothers movie that they want to, they would want to stick that in front of. Because that's another, that's another sort of movie going 101 thing. It's like if a studio has a big trailer. They want to put it in front of something they either want to get people to go see or they were already going to go see in the first place. Yeah. Guardians, Little That's Mermaid, movie, you might... Elemental, yeah, Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones, The Marvels, maybe Secret Invasion. Yeah, those are all the ones that I heard. So That's another thing I was going to mention. They'll probably throw in a couple Disney Plus ads. Okay. They're going to want to have something for Secret Invasion probably. Do you remember who is airing the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I can find out real quick because I do not know off the top of my head. Give me two seconds. Well, that is a – that's on Fox. So we'll probably get Disney stuff. Okay. We might get some 20th Century Studios stuff. Like that's, that's basically, you know, home court. So it's probably no skin off of Disney's back to air big game spots when they're already airing the Super Bowl. I don't know. I really don't know what the rules are with that. If they would probably have to, if they would even have to pay as much or get a discount or something. But I'm sure since they're airing the game, they would have no problem throwing that into the telecast. You know what one kind of popped in my head right now that now that I saw it was Fox. What? And just because they've released, they haven't really released trailers, but it, it's out there and we know what's happening. I wonder if you'd see something goofy for Deadpool 3 with Hugh and uh, Ryan. No, 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 no. That hasn't even started filming yet, I don't think. Yeah, but they've done the two quote-unquote announcer trailer things. What You know, why not? Yeah, because those were overlapping with things like Brazil Comic Con, if I remember correctly. That's why they released that. They're not going to release it unless they, if they're going to release something, they either have to have footage in the can or it's got to be an event of some sort where it's like, we'd be crazy not to, not to do that. Yeah, but I also and see. I, they already have a, But on the yeah. other side of it, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, with Ryan Reynolds and his mind for marketing and some of this stuff, like that's your biggest audience and throwing out a thing. <laughs> Imagine if they did a, tra- a Deadpool style trailer where it's it's like we don't have any footage, whoosh, whoosh. you know, da 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 da. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, you know, something goofy. That's too goofy, too expensive, especially when you're spending like two point seven million, I think, on a Super Bowl ad. No, that's not happening. Okay. If it happens, I'll be I'll be delightfully proven wrong. But they've already got enough on their plate right now to advertise. Deadpool three is they'll probably. They might do something at San Diego Comic-Con, but even then that might be too far off because it's, it's next September. All right. They might just wait for Brazil Comic-Con again. All right, whatever. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. Oh, sorry. I just want hot popcorn with my trailers. I do just want hot popcorn. That's all I want. Well, it's one of the – it should be one of those things that everybody is greeted with in life. Hot popcorn, hot coffee, cool soda.
That just sounds amazing. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBelin.com on the line with me right now. Uh, one more thing before we get to uh, a couple movie reviews. Uh, you found a, what is this, TikTok or whatever? Uh, you called it a TikTok war crime? Oh, oh, this is a war crime of the highest degree. <laughs> so I found this on Twitter because some mutuals that I know shared it. And it's this woman uh, who, if I, if I write correctly, is a Swedish pop star. And I believe her name is Zara Larsson. I think that's the name on there. Um, I will. I blanked out. Rage, at the, at the bottom of the page. I will actually I'll I'll put in I'll embed the uh, the video, so people can see what yes, you're talking let's about. Yeah, feed the beast and give it attention. Okay, never mind. I won't do that. No, go go ahead. People no, 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 no. I'd hate to. I'd hate to. I'll pop corn. All right. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. All right. And so, I'm on it. long story so, short, yeah, she this, says it's okay to talk during movies. That people should just deal with it. Yeah, she had basically said, oh, there is a culture. We need to change the culture because people want to go see a movie in silence. And if you want to sit there like a f***ing stone and be quiet, why don't you stay home and do that? I'm going to go out. I'm going to talk with my friends. We're going to analyze and talk about characters and laugh. And it's not, the nuance to the argument is, it's not that people shouldn't enjoy themselves in a movie theater. It's not that you can't whisper to people and you can't laugh. You can laugh. You can whisper to people, but not talk at full volume throughout the movie. I don't know how many times I have sat at one of the worst experiences I had ever had was last summer at Jurassic World Dominion when there were kids talking and giggling full volume throughout the movie. I'm getting soda sprayed on my leg. And if that sightline program was in place, that would have been the seats that you had to pay extra for. So right there, it's like, no, no go. And th- th- I don't care. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you make your argument because I know you have a counter, and I think I know no, what I it don't. is. No, I don't. So I'm going to let you go. No, I don't. Oh, I, I was going to say, even if, she, even if she's kidding, no. I, you need to frame that as kidding better. You need to frame that as I'm just joking better because people have already come for your, your take. Uh, and it's one of the worst takes <laughs> in the universe. I, I don't. There's part of me that thinks she just did this. Like I don't, I don't look like I'm looking at her videos, and I don't know anything about this girl other than you know her TikTok right now, and that she's a Swedish pop star of some sort. But her giving some just I could be wrong with the nationality. No, I looked it up. I I, I actually had to put in who is Zara Larson, Swedish pop singer, 2008 started in the second season of a talent show, which is the Swedish version of Got Talent. Anyways. Yeah, and I'm sure it's just blown up her message virally, and she's gotten so much attention, good or bad, out of it. Marketing strategy, I guess it worked. Social strategy, you done f***ed up. <laughs> I see this, okay, this is one of those things where I see this in radio, where it's you say something controversial, so you get a reaction. That's cool. I hate it even more. <laughs> if it's well, controversial, If it's controversial and you mean it, fine. That's you doing. If you're just saying this for the clicks, for the lows, go f- yourself. <laughs> Unless you frame it the right way, like if, if she was gonna, if she did this ironically, it would have gone. I think it would have gone just as viral. It would have been hysterical because everyone would have been like, "Oh, who knows these? Everybody knows this person at the movies, or everybody has this yeah. one friend in their friend group, or even people I, that do it would have been like, 
me. I'm the problem. It's me. I am one of those people. I don't like uh, people talking in a movie. Like if someone gets out their phone and you know does something, that doesn't distract me too much. Um, and I will lean over and talk to people. I'm not like, distracting it. Can I give you a great story of when I got yelled at in a movie? Actually, I have two. Oh, sure. So, sure. Uh, Star Trek or Star Trek Star Wars Two: Attack of the Clones. We're in there, and it's the part of the movie when uh, we find <laughs> out that that Yoda can bounce around like I don't I don't know what. But I leaned over to my friend and I go, "Nimble little f- isn't he?" <laughs> and this guy turned around and shushed me and gave me a look of pure hatred. The stare of virginity. <laughs> and my uh, my buddy, my buddy start, started laughing. <laughs> like, so, were you, did you say it out loud? Did you say it loud enough in, like, I, conversation, or were you whispering? I leaned over, and I said it just loud enough so he could hear it, but I go, nimble little f- isn't he? You know, just loud enough so he could hear first, it. First of all, I've always loved that story. I love when you tell it. Second of all, that shouldn't that guy should have just minded his own business. You, as long as you were being quiet enough and you weren't disturbing the movie for people, it's like stop. Come on, it was funny. It was funny. Hey, I, it was funny. Funny. It, it was a funny joke. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, everybody laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, the other one was, uh, and I think I've told you this, the in the name of the king, the Jason Statham <laughs> movie. <laughs> oh, the. One of Uber Bowl's finest. Oh my God! So we uh, we go in there, and we sat in the very back in the center, right? Right. These these two dudes come in, and empty theater. Okay, empty, and not just like a tiny theater, a big theater, empty. Just me and my buddy sitting in the very back, right? These right. guys come and sit legitimately right in front of us. And we kind of look at each other, we're like, okay, that's, you know, it's like, whatever, I I guess. So my buddy and I, we're trying to watch this just turd of a movie. I mean, that movie is bad. Like, we didn't even stay for the whole thing, but we're making fun of it, and I started laughing at when Burt Reynolds comes out as king, I started laughing so hard, and uh, (laughs) I can't remember exactly what was said, but the guy turned around and shushed me or whatever, going like, oh, shut up, you nerd. (laughs) Or something like that. Oh. <laughs> and me, my buddy Sabo and I, we get up and we just left. <laughs> First of all, there's just some movies that when you get to a certain point and you realize what you've gotten, it is perfectly fine for the audience to turn against it. I went to the Emoji Movie press screening. And there was a certain point where the audience just, there was laughter where there should not have been. There was, and it wasn't just fun chuckling laughter. This was like derisive, f- you and die laughter. <laughs> and I was one of the people that was laughing like that. Yeah. So when it gets to a certain point where you're in a movie, or even like a horror movie where you've got people kind of reacting to scares and such in certain ways, it just gets to a certain point where the communal experience agrees, okay, we can be a little louder. We can talk a little bit. We can have fun with it. But, but you gotta read the room before that happens. Just the just the fact that Burt Reynolds walked out as the king in a movie was so hilarious. Yeah, to the me. medieval king. Yeah, you, you know, like, <laughs> uh, a king. Uh, oh, Chewing the gum. Now, now, 
No, I'm just thinking of like a Norm McDonald parody. I was like, I'm, I'm that's yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ruling over everything, and it's kind of hard, you know. Yeah. Got to marry my daughter off, you know. She's only twelve, you know. It's, just kinda, it's very hard. What was his nickname? Did he call himself on uh, Saturday Night Live? Turd Ferguson. <laughs> that's Turd Ferguson. Ah, it's, it's Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Mr. Red, I see you've changed your name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, I see I got a sombrero here. That's kind of cool. Oh, that's great. Oh, man, I miss that. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, we're going to do some time travel here, and uh, we're going to get some movie reviews in three, two, one. Wow, wow, wow. Movie reviews. Time travel. Yeah, folks, come to the doctor. Yeah, you know, time travel is my thing. And through the marvels of time travel, we're back on Friday the 10th for the actual reviews part of the show today. And uh, Mike Ray is still on the line with me right now. Um, went and saw Magic Mike the other night. Extra large or damage yeah. control or what? I, what's it called? Magic Mike Quantumania. I knew it. Oh, which <laughs> no, by the way. Is, uh, Magic Mike Blast. By the way, go ahead. Uh, there's a There was a spoiler for uh, Quantumania out of there from the toys. Oh. I haven't even encountered it, thankfully. Well, then I won't say what it is. <laughs> oh no, because you you probably already went to went Wikipedia to see if someone broke the embargo and like wrote the whole sum- summary. I I'm not gonna lie. I did see tried to see if it was out there. It is not yet, at least at last pick. But I did see some of the people they were talking about it. They said it's a mess, but Jonathan Majors is really good in it. That's exactly what I've heard, note for note. And look, eh, Marvel feels like a mess right now, but I will still show up because Jonathan, this is the year of Jonathan Majors. He's got Quantumania. Not too long after that, he's going to be, he's got Creed 3 going to theaters. And then there's another movie that people have been really divided about from Sundance. I think it's called Magazine Dreams. Okay. And he plays like, you know, apparently his character is like toxic masculinity to a hill. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Uh, this is the year of Jonathan Majors. I am welcome for it. I am up for it. Real quick with Marvel in mind, and I know we got to get to Magic Mike, but I was thinking about this the other day. It's always time for Marvel. (laughs) I I was thinking about this the other day where they're kind of toying around with different universes and stuff. I almost feel like after Endgame, they should have made one more movie to kind of wrap things up, and then that was it for that universe, and then started something new. That wouldn't have been terrible the only thing is there's so many other franchises you would have needed to wrap up that were on that were still sort of open like guardians like volume three is now going to close at least that roster of the guardians off so what would probably have had to happen was they would have to have like a whole phase four would have been like the cooldown phase where you close off all those threads and then that probably would have been that would have been a really neat idea where it's like you start in another universe yeah and maybe you start with the same lineup. It's like you start over with Iron Man again, but it's a different Iron Man. That or maybe do... it's an Iron Man on like an Earth that has like a quarter of the gravity we have, or something. Or it's uh, you start with the Fantastic Four, and it kind of builds its way out to the mutants, to the, and you kind of go down some of those other roads. But uh, there's just something uh, I read it on. Uh, it was a meme or something, and it talked about Marvel after Endgame. It feels like you played the enti- the main story of a video game, and you're just going back to do the side quests. Yeah, that's that's really what it has felt. 
that's really what it has felt like in the past couple movies. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line. All right, so the one actual review we have this week... Uh, <laughs> For this audience, probably not a lot, but uh, Mike, uh, tell us about uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Well, Magic Mike's Last Dance, first of all, I don't know if anybody could have ever imagined that this was going to be a trilogy. But here we are, a little over 10 years later, Channing Tatum is supposedly closing the book on Magic Mike through Magic Mike's Last Dance. And Steven Soderbergh, the director of the original... Also, man who's directed movies like Ocean's Eleven, Out of Sight, The Limey, a lot of real good ones, came back because he did the original Magic Mike. I don't know if I already said that, but I'll repeat it anyway. Yeah. So this is the same character, which is loosely based off of Channing Tatum's time as a stripper, if I remember correctly. Yeah. This is a loosely autobiographical thing that he's worked with uh, writer Reed Carolyn who was also his co-director and I think co-writer on Dog, but they've worked together for like forever. And he's written this whole series. It's basically Mike getting back into male entertainment for, but as a director this time, after meeting a wealthy creative divorcee played by Salma Hayek Pinot. And basically you get a little bit of a rom-com, you get a little bit of uh, guys dancing. It's, it's surprisingly light on the shirtless men dancing as the other films have been. Like, it's not as plentiful in that category, but there's still obviously the big third act showstopper that basically gives you a whole concert performance to watch. Like, I'm, I'm relatively new to this series, so I binge-watched the first two before seeing the third one. Yeah. And it's basically the whole movie leads up to, like, at least one big showstopper along with a couple little, like, numbers here or there that are peppered through the movie. I was just thinking but, about... Magic Mike at his last dance. It's him dancing until he explodes. <laughs> I mean, you've got an idea here. You've got like he starts idea. smoking and like he's getting a critical mass and then just vaporizes in front of everybody. <laughs> the whole front row of women then, are just gone. <laughs> boom, cut the crap. Wow, way, way, way to undermine just the train of thought that we were trying to have here. Oh, come on, it's way. Magic Mike. Because that was hysterical. It's Magic it's, Mike. Yeah, that's basically what I would tell. It, it's hard to take this serious. People because this actually takes it the most seriously. But at the same, and in fact, the other movies are more serious than people would suggest. But it, you know, this is this isn't reinventing the wheel. But at the same time, it is doing some things differently. Okay, it works. If you're a fan of Magic Mike, you will enjoy this. Just don't go in expecting, you know, it used to be wall-to-wall beefcake. I mean, you go back to the before this, you had shirtless Donald Glover, shirtless Michael Strahan, uh, so much, like a shirtless Joe Manganiello doing a, a, a strip tease in a convenience store to Backstreet Boys. Like, it was more than I had expected. And I liked this last one. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe do another one, but he's not the center. Maybe they started Magic Mike. Well, he universe. exploded. I don't know. He danced himself to time, death. Even if you explode. Look, look, we, we have not, we can neither confirm nor deny that Mike Lane has exploded, <laughs> kicking out three rows of, of willing patrons, okay? There was so, for the courts to decide. There, at, there was so much glitter. It was everywhere. <laughs> that is for the courts to decide, and that is for the investigators who are pending their Duty to decide. Oh, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm no, no further questions. <laughs> Mike Grish from CinemaBlend.com. <laughs> I'm here right now. 
it like this. I love when we do this. He gyrated until he could gyrate no more. <laughs> literally launched itself in the door. Oh, he took flight with that, that thing. It was like a propeller. He could play Fruit Ninja with it. We told him not to do the propeller, but he did it. He didn't care. We're coming in hot. Those are his last words. He shook himself apart. There was nothing left. We haven't seen anything this massive since Elvis Presley. Oh, Mike Rage from CinemaBlind.com on the line with me right now. All right, so if you're into the whole Magic Mike thing, uh, it's a good weekend for it with Valentine's Day coming up on Tuesday and all that. Uh, the other kind of rom-com coming out, uh, Ash and Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon, right? Yep, it's called Your Place or Mine. <sighs> okay. Unless you all just marinate in that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher are this couple of friends that I think they hooked up 20 years ago and then became friends. They never went into a relationship. And, oh, they swap houses and live for a week, different lives for a week. And they discover what they think they want might not really be what they need. That sounds dumb. Uh, I don't, I, I really don't know. I, I really, I mean, I, I didn't get to this one because it's just been such a busy week. But it's like I, I started to watch it a little bit before something came up. And eh. if you're if you're a dyed in the wool rom com fan, you're probably not going to have a problem with this. You'll nitpick okay. here and there, but you'll probably just have fun. I don't think this is going to be for me. I and I really I will... enjoy Reese Witherspoon. But Ashton Kutcher, and listen, I, I'm not saying that I hate the dude. I, I think he has his moments. But he definitely has those couple shticks that it's like, okay, this is going to be the part where Ashton yells in a funny way for a little bit. And his serious take is kind of the same in every movie as well. It's not bad. It's just kind of the same thing over and over again. You got to at least give me the butterfly effect. Butterfly effect's not Yeah, but it's still like, I, I feel like... You could just, like, how he acts certain things, you can drop it to, into any of those movies that he does kind of the same thing. Uh, the thing I'm going to say about Ashton Kutcher is I think he, not only is he incredibly smart, I like watching him as a businessman because he's appeared on Shark Tank and watching him in those meetings, he really shows, like, he is really smart in life. And I think yeah. that's why he likes playing these dumb characters, especially because the wife and I wa started watching uh, that 90s show. And his reintroduction is one of the most gleeful moments <laughs> of joy. Like, you see he's happy to be back. And, like, he picks up Deborah Jo Rupp and just starts swinging her around. And it's like, you can tell he is so happy for what that has given him. And listen, I'm not, and... I'm not bagging on him. I actually like a lot of his stuff. Like, I think uh, The Guardian is a very underrated movie. I've never seen that, but that's the Kevin Costner one, right? Yeah. Oh, it's that's a wonderful, wonderful movie. I need to see that. that I know that that was one of those ones that came out and like my dad and I wanted to go see it, but we never got to. That's like when we went and saw Ladder Forty Nine. Yeah, he just I I just th yeah, there's I, do you get what I'm saying though? It's it's just it's what we've talked about plenty of times on this show. It's the Melissa McCarthy effect where it's like yeah. people want to hire him for that stick. They want okay, can you do the voice? Can you get flustered? Or can you be like totally out of it and just, hey, man, I'm so happy. Like people hire him for certain things. Yes. And that's why I kind of felt bad for him when this, his Steve Jobs movie tanked because he was really trying to do something different there. 
And apparently it just wasn't in the cards. But then again, the other Steve Jobs movie didn't do that well at the box office either. So I don't know. Maybe people just didn't want a Steve Jobs movie. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com yeah. on the line with me right now. I it, it just Sorry, after I, I used up all my energy on the Magic Mike exploding thing, which now I want to kind of make a radio bit to that. Yeah, like you, you would have to have Genuine's Pony. And then that's that's the song. That's the song he has to die to. That okay. has been the signature tune of this franchise. So if he's gonna die, like you gotta have Pony going, and then all of a sudden it's like maybe the music speeds up or something, and then he just. Do you do you remember uh, uh, in Awesome Powers the Fembots when they exploded, how their heads and stuff kind of yeah. went? That's what I picture with that's it with the, the magic. First- that's the first thing I thought of when you were mentioning this. <laughs> and the glitter. It's 25 like... years last year. Wow. That's crazy. Boston Powers, man. Well, that's uh, that was the thing. Yeah, uh, Burt Baccarat just... died this week. And I, I knew the name, and I was like, where do I know that from? And I go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Baccarat. And I'm like, what the hell is Mr. that from? Burt Baccarat. And then they said uh, I was gonna mention- it was Austin Powers. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I was gonna, just going to mention that because, man, many people may not think about it, but Burt Bacharach is a man that has written songs everybody knows. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, Tom Jones's What's New Pussycat. Yep. He wrote so many songs for Dionne Warwick. Rom-com fans will remember I Say a Little Prayer from My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. Uh, and then... The man wrote The Look of Love for the Casino Royale spoof in 1967. And that's Burt Bacharach also did the music for that movie, which was, you know, they adapted Casino Royale in 67 because the producers didn't have the rights in the proper Bond franchise. So they just turned it into a big spoof. His music is one of the best parts about it, including that song. And then I think it was 98. He did an album with Elvis Costello that's one of my all-time favorites, Painted for Memory. Which oh, is really? like some of the best, most devastating breakup songs on that. Like real, like it's just it's thoughts about romance and life, and there's some real like "God Give Me Strength" is one of the most devastating songs he's written. And then you've got Burt Bacharach, and I wonder if Hal David was paired on that one. I wonder. Uh, I, I know it was a big collaboration between Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello, and they were they're just about to release a uh, a, a, co- a collection of not only that album, but like other songs that they had recorded or other songs they'd gamed out, but it was for a project that never happened connected to that. And that just made the timing even sadder. Weird. That's probably how the man is introduced as he goes in there. Just ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. And just, he walks into applause. Yeah. And, you know, as you are fond to be saying in this, uh, saying in situations like this, uh, you know, obviously, our best wishes and thoughts go out to his family and friends and, you know, all the best to that man and the great beyond. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com joining me on the line right now. As we uh, do wrap up this week, uh, we're going into the Super Bowl, and earlier in this we we talked about some of the uh, trailers we thought we'd get during the uh, Super Bowl. Well, one came out early uh, this morning. Uh, Fast X got its first trailer. Yeah, a lot are getting dropped early. But, yeah, um... Ooh, this looks like so much fun. And I am so glad that Jason Momoa is not another Toretto because I was afraid they were going to try and pull something like that. He is not. And if you want to go watch the trailer for yourself here, ladies and gentlemen, go right ahead. Uh, But the big revelation is he is connected to the bad guy from Fast Five. It looks like he he might be the son of uh, corrupt figure Hernan Reyes. 
So now it looks like we have Dante Reyes to look after. And it's so wonderful to have the villains have my last name again. Because that was such a, <laughs> such a damn delight in Fast Five. It's like, oh, Reyes is on the move. It's like, yeah, he's on the move. <laughs> <laughs> See, in the world but of then, radio, you'd steal all of those drops and put them into stuff where anybody says your name from a movie. Oh, dude, I am already. I already want to go back to Fast Five and take all the drops. There and you go. Just have that. We could maybe work something for our show. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, it, it, I, he looks like he's having so much fun. There's a scene in this trailer where he takes a mine, explosive mine, attaches it to an armored car. Boom. While he's riding a Harley. Uh, yeah, and he's like, boom. And then it goes, boom. And it's like, fuck yeah! <laughs> this is the sort of thing we need like to liven things up. It's like, I liked F9, but the the whole sibling rivalry thing, it's like, I get it. And then he just turns into family again at the end. I get it. You can't keep doing that with your villains. Deckard Shaw is now family after everyone hated him for killing Han. And then over the past couple movies, including the spinoff, it's like, well, maybe it wasn't as bad of a kill as you thought. And then you find out all the secret history, and it's like, okay, cool, he's a hero again. You can't make all your villains heroes again. No, they... Part of the joy is watching the villain. Yeah, they do that a lot in wrestling sometimes, where it's like, no, you, you need a villain. You can't just have the troubled hero or yeah, whatever. You can't so. just have all faith. You need some heels. And now Jason Momoa and Charlize Theron are apparently the biggest heels of the Fast fr- franchise, and I love that. I hope that, like, this is supposed to be a big lead-up to the final film in this, in this run. Like, the Fast and Furious franchise proper with Dom and all of them is supposed to end. I'm sure they'll try to do spinoffs and everything. They still have Hobbs and Shaw to address as well. But, like, I want them to, like, I don't want him to die at the end of this. I want him to just team up with Charlize Theron and then, like, something big happens and it's a cliffhanger. And it looks like we're also going to get a kick-ass fight between Charlize Theron and Michelle Rodriguez. I'll be honest, I watched this and I had no idea what was happening in it. Because I I stopped watching them, I think, like, three or four or five, somewhere in there. I don't, they all started to run together. five is where it got really good. I, so... (laughs) So, anyways, I will uh, put that trailer at the bottom of the page, so if anybody wants to see it or hasn't seen it, they'll have easy access to it. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You have a spectacular, wonderful weekend, my friend. And you as well, sir. You enjoy that superb owl. Yeah.